Hi guys, and welcome back to the Apex Delta Coaching Podcast. My name is Kieran Moore, and I'm the head coach and owner of Apex Delta Coaching. On this show, my aim is to help educate, inform, and drive you to get stronger, fitter, and more resilient as an athlete and human. I'll discuss different topics in strength, fitness, mindset, and more, as well as talking with guests on their area of expertise. Today, I am joined by Kirsty George. Kirsty is a personal trainer and founder of K Fitness, through which she helps women feel strong and confident in their body and mind. She is helping to break down the stereotypes and bring strength and fitness both physically and mentally to the women she works with. In this episode, we discuss and bust some of the myths that exist around strength training for women and look at Kirsty's approach to coaching. With that, let's get into today's show. So, hey guys, back with another episode. Uh, today I'm joined by Kirsty. Um, so what's going to be great and what we've done with all of the guests so far is if you can first just give us a really brief intro of, of yourself, like how you got into coaching, um, maybe what drove you to go into that initially, uh, kind of what that process would look like for you, and maybe then we'll talk a little bit about where you are at the moment. Yeah. Hey, Kieran. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm Kirsty. I am the founder of K Fitness. Um, I qualified in 2017, um, really after going through my own fitness journey. So I've had two children, so I'm a mum. I was your classic, um, typical, you know, cardio queen. I I probably had um, issues with kind of diets. Um, I was very much your, you know, somebody who would be in the the diet cycle almost, I would say, for a lot of my life. And kind of going through my own fitness journey and learning kind of a little bit more about weight training, which I know we're going to talk about today. um, It really made me feel like I wanted to spread like that message. I felt, you know, really passionately about how it changed my life, Um, not just my physical health, but my mental health as well. And then I obviously, um, you know, qualified in 2017 and started to train in a gym. So as a personal trainer in a gym. And just recently, a year ago, um, I switched my business online and I moved just to specifically coaching females, um, but specifically female transformation really around mindset, um, but also around, you know, using you know weight training as part of you know the, their their workout routine so so that's kind of a little bit about me I hope that hope that's enough information yeah no I think that's perfect yeah I think it's it's always interesting to see why people have got into coaching in whatever capacity that might be be it fitness or otherwise but I think it's always really interesting to kind of hear a little bit of that background and, and understand people's motivations to to coach yeah um yeah I think it's really interesting to see to see why people have, have kind of gravitated towards that and I think you cut you kind of see some common themes and I think that's one of them isn't it that is yeah kind of personal transformation in some ways yeah. I found benefit through doing this process and yeah. I now want to help yeah. others do the same absolutely yeah and I think I was always somebody who who exercised you know I was really passionate about it um as a you know as a teenager I was a runner my dad ran numerous marathons you know that was my like comfort zone almost and I felt like kind of that was the only way really to exercise and I think I also exercised rather than for you know specific health reasons um and for you know enjoyment I did exercise definitely 
around the scales, you know, the scales ruled my life, as in, you know, the weighing scales. Diets ruled my life. Um, and I had a really unhealthy relationship with food and exercise. It was almost, you know, like a like a punishment. So, you know, I really wanted to to learn, you know, to learn more about, you know, coaching people, but I wanted to empower people, give them that freedom to say this is not the only way, you know, this is not the only way, you know, that to to view exercise and, you know, nutrition as well. And I think that for me it's been, you know, fulfilling to work with women to be able to help them to change, you know, their life, you know, to to be able to actually you know, enjoy exercise to be able to not use it as almost a punishment, and and many women still do do that. Um, but you know, for me personally, finding finding weight training, you know, and actually, I'd never picked up a, a dumbbell. Like I literally was your classic. I'd go in the gym, run straight to you know the cardio equipment, um, look at the dumbbells, and literally feel terrified for so many reasons. Probably images. It, you know, on social media, um, I had a belief system that, you know, you would get bulky if you weight trained. Um, I thought I'd look like a man. Um, there's so, so many different, you know, um, you know, I had so many misconceptions around it. And I don't think I genuinely realised not only the physical benefits that I would experience from it, but also the mental health benefits, because I think that I've definitely built internal strength you know I know you can build physical strength and that gets spoken about a lot and I think the other thing with regards to weight training is there's a lot of focus that people believe that you know that particularly women do it for aesthetics and and I think that maybe I'm going to be honest at at points it probably start I started there um but I've now been weight training for you know four years and the benefits that I have around you know I no longer have joint pain I don't have lower back pain I am able to use the muscles in my body more effectively Um, obviously I'm physically stronger my percentage body fat um, in terms of dress sizes I I drop from a size 14 to a size 8 I have more confidence I have a more fulfilled life Um, I'm happier healthier and I think we always I've mentioned obviously the dress size because it is a misconception you know that you will get big and and I had all of that people would say to me what are you doing that for why are you doing that you're going to get massive what you know you're going to do yourself an injury you're going to burst a blood vessel someone said to me once (laughs) um you're gonna you know you're gonna um you're gonna get you're gonna damage yourself and actually I would say my my movement patterns my technique of course it's you know evolved and improved over time but I would say that I'm more aware of what my body does my postures improve my balance um all those day-to-day activities you know and and probably when I ran I wasn't always of course I had you know a coach and a trainer but I wasn't as aware I don't think of what I was doing as you know, you have to with strength training. Obviously, you can start like literally at the basics and then progress. And I think that it's something that you just get better with more work on technique. You know, you you more practice, um, and the benefits are huge. You know, and and I think that it's 
Yeah, a little bit. It's it's massively mi- misunderstood, I would say, particularly for females. Yeah, certainly. I think and that that's kind of where we wanted to go with this was was act as mythbusters in a sense of taking yeah. kind of some of those common common misconceptions, which we talked a little bit as coaches yeah. and the perspective we probably have on this now. I, I I kind of can't even get my head around it sometimes. I'm like, is this even still a thing? Do people even believe this? But there are obviously a multitude of people, and I'd say probably especially within sort of women, like that yes. kind of have some real um, misconceptions around training as a whole and then specifically kind of resistance training or or weight training or whatever you want to call that um and it can seem a little bit like us and them can't it especially as you say when you walk into the gym for us first time you're probably going to gravitate towards what you're most comfortable with and for a lot of women and and based on body aesthetic goals which is what yes a lot of women get into training because of they do yeah absolutely to look like a certain person or whatever yeah like yeah and they're kind of like, oh, well, I have to lose weight, and that's how I'm going to do that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, the idea of, I think, the idea of being bulky, that's an interesting one because that's something that very, very early on in sort of sports science, in kind of training yeah. as a whole, was it was a was a sort of an idea. It was like, oh, well, you, you, if you lift weights, you'll become bulky and slow. And you see the kind of it, it wasn't us and them. It was like people who do cardio, running, people who yeah, do weights, and that didn't ever mix ever. And yeah we obviously over time have come to realize actually there's benefits probably in both of these camps both absolutely individuals um yeah and if you want a kind of more broad sense of of fitness of health you probably need to be taking aspects from all of that um yeah so the idea of obviously women specifically and this is a very common one in terms of women thinking they're going to get bulky from from strength training where do you feel where do you feel that comes from what what do you think is the kind of the catalyst that has caused that I think a lot of it comes from images, definitely on, you know, social media. I think there's obviously a small proportion, um, you know, like bodybuilding competitions, you know, um, and obviously they're elite athletes that, you know, train for those shows, train for, you know, pro elite, things like that. I think so those images, you know, are generally shown but I think people don't see the work that goes into that to actually building that kind of physique is actually, I mean, we spoke, we've spoken about it. It's really challenging to build that amount of muscle. Certainly naturally it's incredibly challenging for a woman to build muscle because of, you know, our genetics are different to males. That's a, that's a fact, you know? Um, And I think that those images that get shown uh, and obviously there is an element also of, you know, things that get enhanced on social media images get enhanced they get changed and I think women are all are quite scared of that and I think also probably in in gyms generally you know as a general rule not always it's better than it was but generally there are more males in certain gyms within the weights area women tend to do a lot of classes as well um, and gravitate kind of towards that but I think that that myth and what that fear comes from thinking I'm going to look a certain way, seeing that type of physique um, and thinking that, you know, as soon as you, you start to use, you know, to strength train in some ways, that that's how you're going to look. But actually that comes, you know, with with a huge amount of hard work, commitment and dedication, not just with the training, but with diet, et cetera, as well. And a lot of a lot of it's genetically driven as well so 
I remember somebody saying to me, you're going to get hench. <laughs> and I actually, you know, and this was in the early stages of me, you know, finding strength if training. If only it was that easy. <laughs> if only it was that in, easy. <laughs> exactly, Kieran. But the other thing is, and I don't justify it now because I'm, you know, really confident now with, with how I train and how it makes me feel. But remember, like, genetics, we all, you know, women and men, we all have different genetics. So for me, genetically, I have quite broad shoulders. That's my genetics. But, you know, my lower half is really challenging. If I wanted to build muscle, it's really, really challenging. So genetics do play a big part in that. And I think that this myth that suddenly you're going to grow legs the size of, you know, quadzilla as a, you know, as a female part of that is down to genetics but also like we just said it's not easy it would take years of hard work years um to get to that point so I think that yeah definitely social media magazines you know all of that plays a part definitely in why we you know why there is that belief and and I felt that way too that's that was my opinion I thought if I lifted one dumbbell I'd suddenly you know get huge (laughs) so yeah and I think that it was a fear really um you know that I I didn't want to be bulky I wanted to be leaner and I assumed my assumption was cardio equals fat loss obviously we know there's so many other factors that you know that equal fat loss but I think that for many women as we've just said they train for aesthetics or for weight loss fat loss so they think that that cardio that's the go-to that that's the one that's going to do it i think that's so, the one thing isn't it it's kind of exercise is so often portrayed so often sort of pushed across by the kind of the the, the mainstream media or or kind of the influence yeah. of the crowd if you like as a way to Absolutely. burn calories a way to burn fat and that is kind of like the that's only it. the only benefit that's ever pushed uh, in, in, yeah. in any capacity about weight training about about training as a whole be it cardio or yeah. otherwise but as, as you've mentioned briefly already that there's a myriad of benefits that come from not so only many. cardio training but also the weight training or resistance training side of it that that are so far removed from just yeah. burning calories that um yeah it's, it's almost the kind of that's almost like the, the last thing you're going to think about almost in terms of yeah absolutely and I think I think that what you've just said about these workouts, you know, the 10 minute fat burn or the, the 10 minutes fastest workout, the, the miracle solution, right? As women, and I was there myself. So, you know, I'm really honest about that, that I really bought into that, bought into that kind of marketing campaign that it was quick, fast solution, you know, that, you know, I just always wanted the quick fix. And I think, I don't know how... It, whether that's the same for, for men so much, but definitely for, for women, we want the quick fix, the quick solution, you know? That's, that's humanity as a whole. We all we want the, the, the magic pill that's going to give us the, the, the kind of the results in, and I mean, it's countless the amount of people I've probably had conversations with or, or um, yeah. very similar for you. You come to you and like, I want to achieve X, Y, Z goal in six weeks. And you're like, yeah. perfect. You've got the motivation yeah. drive maybe to achieve that, but let's take that six week goal and six yeah. months is probably a more realistic time frame for you to have achieved to achieve it. a reasonable amount of progress and then take that and extrapolate out further. We need to think in terms of months and years, not yeah. weeks. And yes, it, it helps to have those kind of more objective 
performance-based metrics to, to, to judge your, your short-term performance on. Because at the end of the day, if we're not measuring it in that capacity, it's very hard to see progress. Exactly. Like yeah, the definitely. progress pictures, the the lit- the number on the scale, the amount of weight you yeah. lifted or whatever, those things are helpful yeah. to A, motivation, yeah. but B, also to actually measure progress. But yeah. if we're thinking about more kind of long-term habit formation, long-term changes and from a lifestyle yeah. perspective like it, it's months and years it's not it's it not is weeks. it is and I think just what you said about habits um because I did a bit of reflection because I was talking about you know kind of my uh, you know where I started with weight training and I try to obviously really think back to how that felt when I started to strength train along with that I built new habits as well and like you said that doesn't just happen you don't just suddenly overnight just suddenly click it takes time doesn't it and I think that what kind of strength training because I started to then build habits around whether it was achieving a heavier lift on my squat my deadlift my hip thrust I realized that actually taking care of myself my performance then improved I don't know why I didn't have that correlation with cardio because I think it was because I was going to burn calories. Does that make sense? I know that might sound a little bit crazy, but I think that because I, you know, with strength training, it can be slower, more controlled. There's more thought that goes into it. And I think that I started to realize that my lifts could improve if I was taking care of things like my sleep, you know, stress um you know all those kind of things um and that made a big big you know a big difference because then I felt like really motivated from how I was performing which then allowed me to you know almost just keep continuing because I could see the you know the benefits as well what do you think so for for women that are then looking to get into that 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 more broad sense of training and fitness where do you think are the, the starting points I think the biggest thing and this is the best advice I can give you is I was terrified too. I, I don't, every gym's laid out differently, isn't it? But I remember walking into the gym that I, obviously I know they're all closed at the moment, but you know, the normal gym I would go to, there's a huge walkway. It's terrifying. It's like everyone stares at you. And that was my biggest fear, if I'm honest with you. And I know for many women, you know, and some might be listening to this, they will have a fear of gyms. And I think that my best bit of advice is you've got to get over that fear first and get yourself in there to start with. Find somebody that you think is, you know, going to support you, maybe coach you, help you. I had, you know, I had a coach um, before I became qualified, learned about how to, you know, the basics around strength training, you know, things to kind of do. And I think even at times as a qualified, you know, coach, if I'm in a gym and I look around, there is still, I may be the only female at times in there. And I think that having great music, um, you know, the more you do it, the more you come out of your comfort zone, the better you're going to feel, the the more empowered you're going to feel, the, you know, the, I think that it's like anything, isn't it? It's that comfort, it's that comfort zone. It's like well, I was saying about my running. It. It's, it's the comfort zone isn't it it's where you where you feel comfortable and everything outside of that is the unknown and for yeah. most people stepping into the gym by and large the entire thing is unknown because they've never yeah. done it before it's a scary thing you're not sure 
And so in your yeah. head, you've built up all these kind of expectations of, oh, people are judging me, people are looking at me. And they're not. X, Y, Z reason. And they're not, because really, realistically, no one cares, really. No, they don't. They care about themselves, and that's right. as far as it goes, really, a lot yeah. of the time. But it, the only way, and the, I think the only way any of us really can start to overcome those those unknowns, those challenges, is to take little steps into that and push on a little bit further. One day yeah. that might be first day in the gym, you go in and yeah, you find the the equipment you're comfortable with. You find yeah. you understand, you know, and yeah. you, you sort of you chase that for a few weeks. And then it might be in a little bit, you add another element, you add another element. Yeah. I think exactly. where, as you said, it might come across yeah. coaches that were a little bit biased in this sense, but finding someone, be it a coach, be it a friend, even someone who kind of understands exactly. further along that journey than you and letting yeah. them help and guide you yes there's it's all yes. I'd, I'd always say to someone that you should find a coach that you can align yourself with you understand yeah. you feel comfortable with because that process yeah. is just going to be a lot faster if you can find it, a coach versus doing this on your own but it's not to say people can't do it on their own it's just no I, optimal gates yeah. are going to be made if you can find someone who can direct yeah you. i think if you're i think if you're gonna go in and do it alone I would start on, you know, resistance machines. I would start there. You know, I didn't go from resistance machines to to squat rack straight away. You know, those compound um, lifts and movements, that took lots and lots of time. So I think that that's, um, again, probably, a, you know, a bit of a myth that you'll be straight in the squat rack, straight on the deadlift area. And actually for, for a woman, that's, I remember like shaking the first time I kind of went on that platform because in a gym environment, it's very open. You know, there's that fear of, am I gonna, I'm gonna get it all wrong. Um, so I think that starting with things like resistance machines, get your kind of confidence up. A lot of gyms do induction, don't they? So you've got that kind of option as well. Or, you know, getting some, some if you're looking for advice and things take a friend in with you because I think definitely we all can perform better if we've got a you know a friend cheering us on and I think that you know that can help or certainly there are some you know I know we're biased around coaches but there are certainly some great people you know online just making sure you're picking somebody who's actually qualified who's giving the right knowledge the right you know advice um I think, you qualified, know, I think but also you have to you have to there has to be a level of working relationship there. You have to actually like them, get on with them. Exactly. And work yeah. with them to, to get something from it because it, qualifications are obviously important. You should be seeking people yeah. out who are qualified to be coaching you, telling you to, or, or kind of guiding you in a certain way. But equally, if you don't get on with someone, it doesn't matter how qualified they are, no. you're not going to make the same level of progress and you're still probably yeah. going to be stuck in certain aspects. So it's finding someone yeah. that you can get along with and I think as a responsible coach if you have someone come to you who isn't a good fit for you it, it's the right thing to do to to kind of say sorry I'm not the right fit for you absolutely or here's some other coaches that I can kind of yeah. refer you to who are going to be better placed to help you like absolutely and in, in this context between between um, myself and you like if I had a woman come to me who who had very little training experience I'm not the right person for them yeah someone like yourself is, is a much better fit in that respect because yeah. there, there's going to be certain aspects of, of, of their kind of what they need and, and their kind of their sort of problems maybe their barriers to entry for that exercise that I can't help them overcome because I don't Absolutely. understand that because yeah. I yeah. haven't had those experiences by and large. So yeah. th there's instances of that where like 
and say if you had a, a professional athlete in a field sport say I know like rugby it for example for me. You, it wouldn't be for you that that's exactly. probably something where I'd be a lot more confident in in yeah. knowing that I could help that person to the level that absolutely yeah and, and I think if somebody comes to me who maybe wants to um you know either like you said is performance-based athlete or they want to compete um in say like a show we're talking like you know in a bodybuilding capacity I wouldn't be the right person either because there is I think this is another thing going back to the myths that we have there is some extremes around resistance and strength training where you go into you know and I and I I'm not against bodybuilding in any way shape or form but obviously there are some extremes that you have to go to to become that shredded um, you know, to build that amount of muscle, you know, down to diet, nutrition, you know, it can be quite extreme. And I think that's, again, where probably some of the myths come from as well, because, you know, but these people are competing um, a bit but like an athlete. They've made some, some potentially, yeah, extreme sacrifices to, yes. to get to that point. Yes. And I, you know, I have friends that have competed um, I've seen, you know, their journey physically and mentally. I've seen what they've had to go through, you know, and, it, and they are quite extreme, you know, things like dehydration towards the end, you know, the diet, so the bulking and the shredding. So I think it's it's that's probably where also some of these myths do come from around, you know, resistance training, because I think there's... there's I think it's important to understand as well that that's not healthy. Like they're not doing that because it's healthy. No Absolutely athlete, no not. sports person, nobody who is at that extreme level of performance is doing it Absolutely. healthy. No, it's, it's not healthy. Counter to no. it. yeah. If you have kind of health and elite performance here, like yeah. elite performance is probably closer again to like sickness or unwellness yes. or whatever than it is to health. Like, yeah. And that's, that's where we kind of see some of the issues. And I think a lot, and we sort of talked about this idea of, performance versus health and I think yeah. as we talked about there's certain metrics we can take from performance like training metrics that are important because it helps us track where we're at yeah. but I think if we are taking a health vitality perspective or goal and we're trying yeah. to fit that into a performance model and this is where it, a lot of the problems come because you have certain trainers you maybe have certain individuals that are like I'm a I'm a bikini competitor and here's yes. how I'm going to help you lose a little bit of weight and be a bit healthier and they're going to apply their protocols they're training to that and it's just yes. the wrong it's a misalignment it and is. that's where some and of the problems come and some ab of these I absolutely agree absolutely agree and I think that the difference between me and a bikini competitor coach is you know their their diet will be completely different you know things like we've just talked about health their cycle will as a female it will go completely um they'll have issues with their hormones energy levels um, you know, they'll be fatigued, potentially they'll pass out. You know, I have known of, of, of some competitors pass out and not even make it to their show. So there's a big difference, you know, and I think that's again, where, where some of the myths come from, um, it, that, that isn't healthy. It's not, it's not normal. It's not to me what strength training, you know, resistance training, whatever we want to call it is, is, is about, it, you know, and I think that that's again, we have the bulky, you know, the bulky thing, but also the the extreme side as well. And I think that also creates, you know, those images that people see where people are really, really shredded. Um, and again, that creates almost like, you know, a fear as well, I think, around females in particular that they don't want to look that way or, or maybe, you know, 
trained to that extent. They just want to actually like feel good about themselves, healthier, happier, a bit stronger. And I think that something that's really, really kind of misunderstood is that, you know, as, as females, genetically you know we are at risk as as we age of things like osteoporosis you know bone density um you know muscle wastage like things like sarcopenia so and actually our hormones start to change over the age of 35 our estrogen levels start to go up and down and actually strength training helps with longevity of health and I think that that doesn't get discussed it really doesn't it's it's all discussed around aesthetics aesthetics but actually you know bringing some kind of resistance training into your life it's actually you know helps with longevity helps to prevent support you know prevent those kind of things I've just discussed but also your you know your joints helps to protect your joints you know and I think so that, that, that's where I was going to ask, ask next it filters into all yeah. the doesn't it because people when they say oh you're going to get hurt doing it or oh, oh, yes your knees are going to hurt all this kind of stuff and it's like well probably the reason that a lot of people have these pains and chronic pains is yes. because of their lack of ability to do these things. It's not because Absolutely. of it because of these things that they're, they're injured. Like how many yeah. like, elderly people do you, do you see or, or kind of even middle-aged people that have pain, yeah. like chronic yeah. pains they've had for chronic years. Pain. Yeah. I've done very yeah. little about it and yeah. have, it never gets any better. And it's like, well, no. the reason, that, and they're like, oh, I can't do squats or I can't do whatever because, because I've got knee pain. It's like, well, it's probably because you haven't done the squats that you've got the knee. Exactly. Pain. So yeah. if, if you, and, and resistance training is one of these ones where, yeah, strengthening joints, strengthening your body as, as a whole muscles or, or other yeah. like, and even, yeah, you say like osteoporosis, osteoporosis, like strength training is probably one of the, 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 the single best ways that you can increase bone yeah. density. Like yeah. and lack of strength, like even like grip strength, for example. So a lack of grip Absolutely. strength is as seen and has been proven as a um, indicator towards like early mortality and death, yeah. essentially earlier death. Yeah. And it's yeah. not so much the fact that it's the grip strength. It's more what comes along with that. So if someone has stronger grip strength, they're probably stronger overall in terms of a body sense. And yeah. that only comes from not necessarily even weight training, but it comes from training their body and moving through full ranges of motion and doing exercise and training in different ways and building up their capacity to handle greater and greater yeah. amounts of stress in their lives. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, I was mentioning about my dad earlier in the conversation and, you know, like I said, he ran and ran and ran for years and years and years. And I'm certainly not anti-running because it was a huge part of my life. And obviously, you know, as we've discussed, cardio is still hugely important for you know for overall fitness there's huge benefits so I you know will mix the two um but my dad never did anything apart from running that was the only thing he ever did and he does have he does have osteoporosis um and the GP actually did say to him you know if you'd have strength trained you know some kind of resistance training it was so funny he turned around he said my daughter's been saying this for the last four years because she's found you know found it um and the GP turned around and said well your daughter's right <laughs> and it was really funny because I think that it's a it's a it's just a you know a misconception that there is there is so many health benefits of it as well and I know for me personally I had such terrible lower back pain um when I ran um, but actually, you know, strengthening those muscles and joints when I was, you know, resistance training, 
alleviated that pain. And a lot of it was to do with my glutes were quite weak. Um, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't aware of, you know, of any of that. Um, so there's so many other, you know, benefits that you're going to get from, you know, strength training that are, that are not physical, that, you you know, you're not aware, they're not aesthetic, but, you know, they are less pain, you know, um, less stress on the joint. And like you've just said about knees, knee pain, et cetera, hip pain is really, really common as well. So I think adding that, you know, I don't, that's for me personally, I don't have any of those issues anymore. And I, I did previously, definitely. No, certainly. I think there's, there's, there's such wide reaching, wide reaching benefits to it that um, everybody in some capacity should include it, regardless of what your goals and outcomes might be. Like yeah. at some point, you probably need to be including some element of resistance training and that looks different yeah. to people so for real beginners that might be bodyweight training yes for someone who's got you know, a, a five years of training experience that's gonna look like probably reasonably heavy like resistant yeah. weight training uh, it's yeah. just gonna depend on the individual and it doesn't need to be a case of like oh cool so i'm gonna be in the gym like for hours of a day six seven no eight. it might be to include elements of this two times a week like yeah, for 30 exactly. time and and that kind of that that kind of um i mean you can look at the i think it's a who it's a world health organization they have some kind yeah. of basic guide of these guides of these things yeah. like, in terms of like cardiovascular training per week and, and sort of strength training i think it's something like they say two times a week for yeah they do. 40 minutes is kind of like a base level that everybody needs in their life yeah. to be deemed yeah. as a healthy and sort of yeah individual um yeah and that yeah, so that looks different for different people. Something I think would be interesting to talk about now is um so your approach now with the the women that you actually help currently. Yeah. Um yeah. Where does that so that education, that re-education potentially process, what does that look like? So when someone comes to you day one, yeah, where, where do you start that process and how does it how does it so, so I think I've probably most most women are doing maybe quite excessive amounts of HIT training um a lot of um cardiovascular training and generally their diet isn't always that great as well so but they have no understanding of really how to use weight so we kind of start at the beginning really so I start with you know body weight so we start with squat technique lunge you know because actually like you just said you know there's so many benefits of of starting there anyway kind of it's about working on that actual movement pattern first before we introduce you know resistance um and I think that that then builds confidence um and and actually makes them feel you know stronger and then we start to you know introduce in it will be you know at the moment at home it's a set of dumbbells I mean I have clients that go from body weight and now you know over time over months a year some of them even have their own home gym so you know barbell but we you know we obviously break that down into to phases and using progressive overload approach as well with their program so not only do they feel like they're achieving but they're getting the results as well and I think, I think that, that's something important to kind of reiterate is that idea yeah. of progressive overload isn't it because yeah and you see it probably so often with a lot of the women who come yeah. to you who they do a lot of these like class-based workouts they yes. have high intensity les mills be it whatever Yes. like the body pump kind of world and that's it they've probably been doing that for 
two, three, four, even maybe longer yeah. years. Yeah. And yeah. they've made little to no progress. No progress. Kind of yeah. one, two months into that journey. And yeah. the reason being is because they've applied no element of overload. They've, they've never no. progressed their training in terms of loads, intensities, yeah. volumes from yeah. month one when they got to like, yeah. cool, I can now do five classes a week. And that's yeah. the max I can do in terms of my schedule. So I'm just going to do five yeah. classes a week forever. <laughs> and that's it. it never goes any yeah. further than that. It never goes any further. And I think that what then happens as well, it's like you've just said, it's the same five classes. An element of boredom does kick in naturally. There's no progression. So because the progressive overload is not being applied, there's no progression. So that that motivation starts to, to go. Um, and I think that, you know, they're, technically they're still doing the same thing over and over and over again so you don't get that if they if they are looking for a specific kind of result you, you don't really get that or see that progress whereas I think with specifically how what I apply client will get to a point where I, I know it's harder with home training right but in a gym environment obviously they may be going from just starting resistance machines building confidence there with you know a program to potentially you know lifting squat deadlift etc um but at home there's still other principles that you can apply you know to to get progressive overload time under tension you know pause I mean, something i've been doing for the last best part of uh, the last year because i've had yeah. time in gyms but it's been very intermittent obviously as most people would have like, yes yeah, i've been having to do body weight training for the last kind of three or four months now yeah and previous to that three or four month periods as well there's so many ways yeah. that you can progress stuff there is yeah just doing more reps or doing it faster absolutely absolutely i mean you said about body weight i've got resistance bands hooked up attached you know obviously i look at you know my tempo um you know uh, pausing um the, the time you know had how the, the the actual movement itself because I haven't really got the load you know at home and a, and a lot of us haven't but there's so many other ways to progressively overload um it's definitely harder at home but it, there's ways the to do time it. where I'd be a massive proponent of including more variety in training usually I want to we want to reduce it down to probably 10 to 20 movements yes movements and i'll include a little bit more variation and play around with different things because absolutely it takes a little bit of imagination and, and sort of inventiveness it does. i had a client squatting with holding a bag of carrots once and stuff like, that. It. So like, <laughs> like it's just finding ways that work for you the amount of like it's... squats i've done off of like physiology textbooks to this point is is ridiculous yeah <laughs> elevate yeah i've been elevate like using loads of different things to elevate my you know my heels up i think it's what you've just said about being creative Ab absolutely and i think that it's also the enjoyment factor of the training so i suppose that that's a principle that i really do apply because i want it to be challenging for the client but also fun and i think at home we've got to be more creative haven't we to to help the client progress but also to make it like it's hard isn't it more because enjoyable. I think motivation is a very fleeting concept it comes in yeah and all over the place but absolutely what, what drives people more i think than than pure just motivation to do a session is results at the end of the day yes. we're all driven by getting results yeah. more so than anything else like we want to achieve what we set out to achieve yeah. but 
in in bodyweight training there can become a point where it's like we're going to stagnate and we probably have to understand that we're not going to make huge progress especially if you have a yeah. higher training age you've been training for a few years it becomes quite yeah. tough at a certain point to take that any further without getting ridiculous and doing silly yeah. amounts of volume so it's it's maybe adding in that that those kind of novel aspects to training putting a little bit of variety in changing things up Definitely. on a more regular basis just for the pure sake of entertainment like it's a yeah. little bit more interesting I've, we can do i've done it yeah I, and that's yeah. how what i yeah i've done it myself because i kind of need to you know i'm the, i'm human too like you said motivation dips you know it comes in like ebbs and flows doesn't it we're not always motivated we're, we're human um so for me um I, I need to have, yes, I'm results driven, of course, personally, but I also need to feel like that sense of like satisfaction in terms of I've hit that challenge. So sometimes just having an extra challenge or, you know, a different movement pattern or something to, to challenge the muscles a little bit more will give me that, that high, I suppose, because for me, that's probably something I haven't spoken about, but with, with you know, with, with strength training, definitely I feel like there's an element that's definitely um, not spoken about that it does give you that I know exercise releases endorphins but I feel like more so um, because it's that sense of achievement that you know that was a challenge and I've achieved it and I think for females in particular there is like a misconception that you I remember somebody saying to me in the gym you'll never be able to lift that you're so little and that was actually a real comment uh, obviously it was a male um, <laughs> But they actually said to me, you know, you will not be able to lift that. What are you doing? And I said, I can. You know, I haven't just got to this point where I, I'm just going to do it now. I've progressively worked towards this goal. Um, and, you know, that's the difference, isn't it? It's about safely, you know, safely progressively overloading, not just suddenly going straight in there for, you know, the heaviest weight you can. So, and I think that, probably you know as a, I would probably was more cautious particularly as when I became you know qualified because I wanted to reduce my you know chances of getting injured which you know touch wood I haven't but all of those things you're really thinking through aren't you you know making sure that you're doing doing it safely um so I think that there is a misconception around that size like as in eg you know your your body composition equals what you can lift definitely I, I, I can probably show anyone a good number of video examples of very small women like olympic weight yeah who are lifting so obscene weights that, obscene. like you wouldn't even most people most strong people males or otherwise in the gym yeah would not be able to lift yeah i've seen yeah i've seen some of them small-minded and misinformed um very much understanding of people's yeah. ability to adapt and, and actually get stronger um yeah. it's not a males only kind of concept like that's it's ridiculous not, like uh, like anybody can not. get stronger in the gym and it just comes down to dedication and consistency and it training. does and some smart approaches to, to to programming and 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 that as well but at the end of the day anybody can get better um and every, yeah. anybody can excel and um, smash through whatever limitations might be in their way in terms of like if it was a woman Steffi Cohen who yeah, is maybe, um, yeah. Or, or was at least a, a kind of a competitive powerlifter dead yeah. is the only person I think ever to a deadlift four times her body weight and she weighed just, I think close to 50 kilos at the time when yeah she did wow that. so it's just incredible <laughs> 
absolutely nobody else in the world has ever done that man woman or whatever like is just is testament to the fact that that's a common and and has no actual founding in in any reality or something and you wouldn't think it would still take place would you no but you know you wouldn't think that those kind of but but it does that's probably Um, our bias and our perspective as coaches yeah we we have a greater understanding of these things and we say like oh these things clearly aren't true but it it still exists it does Um, yeah it does exist a call out for people to to if they have kind of some of these misconceptions if they have a conception or or, or a perception of something in in terms of a fitness sense be it that i can't do this or this isn't for isn't how i achieve this goal question it and always question everything be that someone who in a position of authority to you has said that like hey this is what we think like question it if you have a coach yeah. and they say something ask them why they've said that and if you think feel that it's putting you in a, on a, a limitation on you question it and see like hey maybe that might not be true yeah absolutely yeah totally agree awesome i think yeah it'd be great to um sort of start to wrap things up there so l- yeah. last bit before we um before we finish is just how where can people find you if you want to be found um yeah where can so people find out have, the work and coaching you do so i'm on instagram um k fitness by kirsty and i'm on facebook k fitness and i've also got a free community um that is on facebook and all those links are are, are on my facebook page and instagram as well if anyone wants Perfect. to find me I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put your 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 sort of yeah instagram facebook down in the show notes should anybody want to thank you want to um go in and check that out yeah and, thank so, you for having me and i'm sure you, you'd echo the same it doesn't have to be that you, you'd want to go into coaching even if you just have questions for for Kirsten, yeah or she'd be more than happy to more than happy help and sort of talk through some of these things if you are one of those people that have listened to this and and heard something that you you believe is was true um absolutely reach out and i said just question it and, and ask and yeah definitely yeah, you might be surprised um, at the answers you get yeah more than happy to answer any queries thank you so much for having me on as well yeah, no, it's, it's been it's great been thanks for taking time to come on okay guys that's it for another episode thanks for listening check below for all the relevant links and notes from today's episode or search for us on social media at apex delta coaching one quick thing before you go If you're a recreational athlete or fitness enthusiast who wants to get stronger and run longer, then check out the free seven-day hybrid training blueprint we've put together by following the link in the show notes or search for Instagram. It's an ebook designed to help you put together the ultimate weekly training template to crush your hybrid training goals by getting stronger and running longer at the same time without any of the confusion. Lastly, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review or let us know personally. Any and all feedback is greatly appreciated and it helps to grow the podcast further. Thanks for listening, keep training and talk soon.